0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Welcome to A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan and I've got Tasha Fusil with me. National Heroes Day in Indonesia is celebrated this week along with the worldwide observance of Remembrance Day where we toast the memories of heroes of all shapes, size and creed. We've got a bit of a treat for you One of my personal heroes is here She's a hero of our art and heritage Zamzuria Zahari Who's a member of Gang Wat Long And also a dance lecturer at Aswara Will help us retell the story of Dewa Muda And the Seven Petaled Blossom A story only told in Ma Yung Performances Tasha Fusil, as always, highlights a few events so that you can put your hero hat on. And on Couch Potatoes, Christina Oro and I go through some of the top-rated movie heroes and villains of all time, as well as discuss some of the hero movies we can't wait to watch. But first, a hero of Malaysian heritage and the traditional art of Mak Yong. <laughs> This is Zamzuriya Zahari. She's been performing Ma Young since she was 13. Mak as we know it is a traditional performance with all the elements of an opera or a musical, dancing, singing, dialogue and a live orchestra. Oh, and let's not forget martial arts. There's silat too. Traditionally, Mak Yung used to be combined with Main patri, where it was a sort of a ritual that provided spiritual healing for those who were sick or had ailments. But now, Zamsuria says that Mak Yung is performed purely for entertainment purposes.
2: Mak Yung is traditional theatre combined with the music, singing, uh, acting and dancing. A little bit spiritual, spiritual healing. But biasanya, uh, Mak Yong akan combine dengan Main patri. Main peteri like untuk sembuhkan orang sakit dan dalam tu adanya unsur-unsur mak yang unau, mak yung untuk perubatan hanya fokus untuk main peteri dan mak yung yang ada persembahan sekarang fokus more for the fun and to show to the the concept of the traditional theater. The format
1: of Mak Yong is largely based on improvisation. At the start, the master of ceremonies narrates the story, so when the performers come on, they don't recite a script, although there are fixed gestures in the movement, embedded with different meanings, and the language is sort of a classical Kalantanese. The dialogue, however, is largely improvised
2: by the players. Dialog lebih spontan Dia dia tak ada macam Kalau orang kampung dulu Dia dia, dia, dia just Give a story And then you understand the story And then you can Play Part by part Like buka panggung And then Masuk cerita Pecah cerita And then for the ending Ada aksi-aksi lawan Acting Then Climax dia Mesti yang Jahat tu akan kalah (laughs) Ya
1: Mak Yong is controversial. It's compulsory for all performing arts students to study at ASWARA, our National Arts Academy. But many questions are not asked and not answered. It's also banned in certain parts of Malaysia. In fact, Zamzuriya says it's not for everyone and isn't something that people can pick up easily.
2: Actually, uh, Mak Yong cannot just much as simply, simply. OK, I, I want to join Mak no, you, you kena ada macam minat first and then spirit. Spirit tu akan datang sendiri bila you dengar lagu. And you join the dance and then you berdevelop. Orang kata ucap tetap in Mak Yong punya style. Then you akan rasa satu dunia lain, satu step ke alam teater yang orang kata teater yang tidak berpijak di bumi yang nyata
1: those who are able to embrace the art of makyong have to be able to differentiate between religion and art because according to some zuria makyong could actually set you adrift
2: i mean macam uh, kalau dalam makyong ada banyak cerita-cerita dewa cerita-cerita ada juga berunsurkan ketuhanan pari-pari dan sebagainya so kalau kita nak mendalami makyong untuk belajar kalau kita tak boleh terima yang uh, tak reti membezakan antara agama dengan traditional, you cannot make it and you cannot find a soul in Mak Yong.
1: And therein lies the controversy. According to zuria those in Kelantan understand Mak Yong and what it represents perfectly because it's in their blood. As works of art, literature, plays, musicals and movies have done for hundreds of years, most of the stories are aimed at highlighting the errors of mankind with moral teachings. Subzuriya says also that if audiences were to appreciate the original matyong for what it is, the experience should ideally bring them closer to their respective religions.
2: Myself, sendiri uh, untuk prepare mempelajari matyong, you kena ada soul, you kena tahu dulu apa itu matyong, and then tahu membataskan antara agama dengan seni, because matyong boleh menghanyutkan. Because in Kelantan. People know about the makyung About the spirit About the Your religion Your agama You, you tahu Untuk batas antara agama Dengan uh, Kesenian But Outside Orang luar Masyarakat luar Memandang uh, Bahasa-bahasa yang tidak difahami itu Contohnya Bila dia menyebut Aku puja tanah Api air angin Diorang akan berbalik kepada uh, Syirik Jin Yang kegos Puja Dewa-dewa uh, Jadi mereka menganggap uh, ...itu satu batasan. Sebenarnya Mak yung yang asal... Uh, ...makyung itu menerapkan unsur-unsur agama... ...unsur-unsur kemanusiaan... ...tetapi disampaikan dalam lengguk... ...dan kesenian yang halus. Maknanya kalau yang... Uh, ...bagi mereka yang benar-benar menghayati... ...mereka akan lebih dekat kepada Tuhan mereka...
1: To make matters worse, Samzira tells me that while mak has always been rooted in religion, the practitioners of mak the great tokos and prima had begun adopting rituals, anointing oils, and using susuk, usually with the help of a witch doctor or bomo that went against Islam. These rituals were done for popularity and not to deliver the original messages of mak
2: Budaya dalam mak awalnya fokus pada agama. Now kemunculan-kemunculan primadona-primadona Mak dan tokoh-tokoh karyawan dalam bidang Mak Yung mereka sudah mengamalkan satu jenis um, amalan-amalan tradisi mereka contohnya dengan minyak calit, bacaan-bacaan yang tidak berlandaskan agama so, contohnya pakai minyak, susu dan sebagainya untuk nampak cantik di pentas tapi bukannya untuk menyampaikan isi kandungan sebenar apa yang terkandung dalam Mak Yong. I asked
1: Samzuria why she feels Mak Yong is important to her and to the performing arts scene in Malaysia and she says that it's a great representation of our heritage in particular Malay culture as the dress and language is closest to the heart of Malay culture.
2: For me, sebagai bangsa Malaysia <laughs> dan bangsa Melayu, I rasa sa- salah satu tradisional yang orang ketua di negara kita adalah Mak Yung, selain daripada Mak Mulung dan JK dan sebagainya. Dan Mak Yung lebih dekat kepada jiwa Melayu kerana dari segi pemakaian, dari segi perbahasan dalam dialog, konteks tradisi itu semua lengkap dalam makyong untuk menampakkan ciri-ciri tradisi budaya Melayu di Malaysia. Bila orang tengok orang kena nampak satu perlambangan yang orang kata boleh bawa ke gemilangan negara kita.
1: Ayaskah what her plan is as a makyong practitioner and member of the performing arts society. She says she wants to uphold the traditional dances of Malaysia, especially matyong, and be a responsible artist at the same time with the teaching of matyong. She's also been creating works for raising awareness about Young, mixing the elements of matyong with contemporary music and movement, and including stories about the legendary matyong greats who used to perform it.
2: For the future, I think uh, Malaysia dah kenal apa itu matyong dan uh, matyong juga dah diiktiraf uh, ke peringkat UNESCO. Um, my future, I think saya akan pegang Mak Yung all the time, sampai sampai matilah saya akan pegang Mak Yung, because saya dah rasa benda tu dekat dengan jiwa saya dan Mak Yung juga saya anggap macam salah satu tinggalan nenek moyang saya sendiri Dan melalui Mak Yung juga saya akan rasa sentiasa berpijak di di bumi saya sendiri, di negara saya sendiri, di negeri saya sendiri, negeri Kelantan. So for my future, saya, akan terus tarik masyarakat untuk kenal apa itu Mak Yung. Untuk mengenalkan juga diri saya kepada masyarakat, saya adalah Zamzuriah dalam Mak Yung, Zamzuriah dalam Tari Inai. Zamzuriah dalam budaya negeri Kelantan.
1: Zamzuriah says that Mak Yong is truly close to her heart and she will perform and spread the word about it till the day she dies. Today, Zamsuria is my hero and will always be a hero in my eyes. Also, we're going to be retelling a Mat Yung story with the help of Zamsuria on A Sunny Kind of Love, the tale of Dewa Muda and the Seven-Petaled Blossom.
3: First up, we have the OMG Can Cook and TGV Indulges foodie collaboration. So last year, the OMG Group published the OMG Can Cook recipe book, where all profits from the sales were and continues to be distributed to the various causes in Malaysia that are helping to feed the homeless. So to create a second wave of awareness, they've teamed up with TGV Cinemas to launch the Delicious Charity Campaign, a campaign which will feature 12 tantalising dishes from the OMG Can Cook recipe book, with each month featuring one new dish over the course of 12 months. 5% 5% of each dish will be donated to Pratiwi Soup Kitchen and FunGate Superflow Foundation. It's definitely worth checking out, especially if you have yet to experience Indulge, which is TGV's new premiere screening haul.
1: I had the privilege of going to this launch, the OMG Can Cook and TGV Indulge launch, and so we had a chance to try some of the dishes that will be served as part of the OMG Can Cook campaign. Look out for the Haha ha Prawns, mm. um, there's a wonderful lamb shank, and there's a mango tango dessert, which I found quite light and refreshing
3: you get to choose from a full service menu that has all sorts from what Maya mentioned the lamb shank you've got duck salad steak you even have dim sum and you've got an array of desserts like even the
1: chocolate lava cake Mm, sounds like a great place to go for a date (laughs) because everything comes served nice and easy for you to eat as well in a bento box because you know you'll be eating in the dark (laughs) also I believe you can purchase the book the OMG Can Cook cookbook at a TGV indulge it only costs RM10 ringgit, and all proceeds go to soup kitchens to feeding the poor because you know on a daily basis we actually waste about 800 kilograms of food So here's your chance to do your bit by purchasing the OMG Can Cook Cookbook. And to do our bit, we're going to give you 10 pairs of tickets for your indulge experience. In order to claim two tickets to go to indulge, uh, all you have to do is just send an email to sundaykindoflove at bfm.my and tell us the title of the cookbook. Email us now to claim your two tickets to indulge. Uh, Next up, as this is the Heroes episode, we've got Licence to Thrill, a Bond concert. In an homage to the sexiest British hero ever, Licence to Thrill, a Bond concert will be taking place at Istana Budaya. And it will, as you can imagine, feature music from Bond films ranging from the classic Shirley Bessie ones from the 60s, (laughs) Goldfinger, to the recent hits by the likes of Adele.
3: The concert will be directed by Melissa Teo and music director... Lee C. One will be leading the band. Two talents from the West End will be a part of the lineup. David Shannon has played leading roles in iconic musicals such as The Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables, Sweeney Todd and Miss Saigon. And then we also have Simon Bailey, who is known for his West End credits that include We Will Rock You, also Les Miserables, The Phantom of the Opera.
1: They'll be joining forces with our local divas as well. Salamia Hassan, Jacqueline Victor and uh, Nikki Palikachi's got a wonderfully lovely voice. So licensed to Thrill, a Bond concert is on for two nights on Saturday the fifteenth of November and Sunday the sixteenth. There'll be two performances each day, one a matinee at three p.m. and eight thirty p.m. Tickets range from seventy-eight ringgit all the way to nine hundred and eighty-eight ringgit and they're available at the Istana Budaya Box Office Rock Corner or you can check it out on www.redasia.tix. that's t-i-x, dot com.
3: Next up, we have Kaleidoscope 3, the third drumming festival to be held by Hands Percussion. This is going to be at Kale Pack, and it's spread over two weekends and it'll be a mix of performances and workshops by both Hands and their guests, including local artists, no-noise percussion and international groups from Netherlands, Norway and Vietnam. The festival kicked off last Friday and this week it's devoted to showcasing the primary and secondary schools' 24 festive drumming troupes, with 100 drummers performing to kickstart each of the week's performances. YMCA's Deaf Beat, which are coached by Hans Percussion's Artistic Director, Bernard Goh, will also be making an appearance.
1: Yes, and this one will be an interesting one to watch out for because they are deaf. However, they did learn to play the drums with hand movements and guidance from Bernard. Very, very inspirational.
3: You can catch the last of this week's performances today at either 3pm or 830
1: And next Friday, Saturday and Sunday will feature the three international groups that we mentioned from Netherlands, Norway and Vietnam, as well as Hands 1 and Hands 2 in collaborative performances with other local artists. And this would include Kamral Husin and gang Wat Lung, you heard from Zamzuria Zahari, who is a member of Gangwak Long. I don't know what exactly they'll be performing, but you can expect elements of Ma Yong. There'll be Kuma Katigesu and Friends, no noise percussion. Apart from performances, there'll also be workshops conducted by both hands and their guest artists. Tickets range from 48 Ringgit to 168 Ringgit, and you can get them over at www.ticketpro.com.my.
3: Finally, the BFM Weekend Crew will be hosting BFM Life, our very first and very special coming out party on November 16th at the Bee in Publica and it'll be hosted by Sheila,
1: our couch potato. (laughs) There'll be performances by Bijou and the Beats. There'll be pop quizzes, games and lots of giveaways. So do come for some good fun. The BFM Weekend Crew will also be staging different performances throughout the event. And, uh, you know, just hang out with us, come and talk to us and tell us what you love or hate about our shows. Tell us how to improve ourselves so, do come. It's absolutely free. We're going to be serving food and drinks, and everyone is welcome. Right after this, on a Sunday Kind of Love, Couch Potato Christina Oro and I talk about the top rated heroes and villains of all time. And of course, we have the retelling of the story of Dewamuda and the magical seven petaled blossom. We'll be right back on a Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan, BFM 89.9. <laughs> Welcome back to A Sunday Kind of Love. This is our Heroes episode. I'm Maya Tan. Up next, Christina Oro and I go through the top 10 heroes of all time and villains too. The definition of a hero is the hero must be a character or group of characters that fits into one or more of these categories. The hero or heroes Mm -hmm. put the needs of others, whether it's one person or many, before their own needs. And this can mean putting themselves in extreme physical danger or crippling emotional trauma. The hero exemplifies bravery in situations where most wouldn't. Mm -hmm. The hero's actions and or character inspires others to do great things.
4: Yes, Mm. and uh, you've given me a list of uh, heroes as voted by the... American Film Institute. Yes, Professionals in the Film Industry. Okay, the top 10 heroes as voted by the AFI. T.E. Lawrence, played by Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia.
0: What, in your opinion, do these people hope to gain from this war? They hope to gain their freedom there's one born every minute they're going to get it mr bentley i'm going to give it to them
4: uh number nine george bailey played by james stewart in it's a wonderful life number eight the first woman in this in this list it's a queen she'll breed you'll die ellen ripley by sigourney weaver aliens a fantastic
0: and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward.
3: That's how winning is done.
4: He's the underdog and the working class hero, the guy who basically was told he's a nothing, you know, and he, against all odds, dragged himself to the top. Mm. And it really is um, an everyday layperson's sort of hero of what's possible. Uh, Number six, Clarice. Clarice, darling. Clarice. Jodie Foster in The Silence of the Lambs. You see a lot, Doctor. But are you strong enough to point that
0: high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't, you, why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see? Or maybe you're frightened. Excellent uh, movie. Yes. Still
1: one of my favourites of all time. And
4: what a character for Jodie Foster. Uh, number five, Will Kane, played by Gary Cooper in High Noon. Number four, Rick Blaine, Humphrey Bogart.
0: I've got a job to do too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. Ilsa, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world, is looking at you, kid.
4: In Casablanca, number three, James Bond, by Sean Connery, Dr. No.
0: (laughs) Bond. James Bond.
1: Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond?
0: Uh, just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred.
4: I'm sure all the James Bonds really kind of come into this. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Indiana Jones by Harrison Ford, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's
0: a big snake in the plane, Jacques. Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie! I hate snakes, Jacques! I hate them! Come on, show a little backbone, will ya?
4: And number one, Atticus Finch, Gregory Peck, in To Kill a Mockingbird.
0: The defendant is not guilty, but somebody in this courtroom is. Now, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, all men are created
4: equal. I like that it's Atticus Finch who's at the top. And although I'm not very familiar with the movie, I think it's about justice and how he it's stands about justice. up to somebody. That's a, an admirable quality, of course.
1: Yes, I do like the idea that Atticus Finch is at the top of the AFI. There's a lot of classic greats there. Lawrence of Arabia, Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca. <laughs>
4: he's uh, someone, I think, who kind of defines the anti-hero because he's not necessarily heroic, but he ends up doing being a hero Mm -hmm. and I think it's uh, what the anti-hero is it's not being the villain it's a hero who has uh, weaknesses who doesn't necessarily fit in the mold of being a a hero may not be physically perfect may not be brave at all may actually be quite unlikable but ends up doing the right thing and becomes a hero in our eyes and I think that's what um, happened in Casablanca but it brings up an anti-hero favorite of mine, which is not from movies, but from a series of books. If you're a fantasy reader, and a long-time fantasy reader, you may be familiar with um, the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, The Unbeliever. And it's uh, it looks like it could be something like Tolkien's Lord of the Rings books, because there is a ring involved, and there is a mountain involved, and there's a bad guy. But it's really about the internal struggles struggles of the hero who is, in real life, a leper. So he's already disgusting, rejected, rejected by his wife, rejected by his son, rejected by his community. He's a writer who's failed, failed and um, finds himself transported to a place called The Land where he's supposedly their hero and uh, can't believe it. And so the whole book is a series of... Um, him trying to figure out you know his meaning his his place in the whole world of the land and uh, what I like about it is that he truly is an anti-hero he's actually does something deplorable right at the beginning of the books and is a coward and refuses to acknowledge the people who want his help and he's at times, bit of an accidental unlikely. hero, <laughs> yes. um, and 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 uh, it's very philosophical in the fact in the sense that he questions his existence and he questions the existence of the land and and whether he really you know could he just go ah forget it and and do whatever they expect him to do or can he let go of his principles which have been self-preservation, cowardice, and shunning the world. Mm. So I love that book. It started out in the 70s. It's not just one book. There's 10 books in total. Wow.
1: Sounds mighty interesting.
4: Yes, and very... um, Very unlikely situations, the leper being the protagonist (laughs) of a story, right? That's the part that's really interesting about it because he never really does anything heroic, not in the sense that Captain America would or that Harrison Ford would. But... um, he ends up being quite a hero in my eyes anyway.
1: I think anti-heroes have a lot more depth and they are more interesting characters. They're, they're just not your
4: likely heroes and they, they're not your Superman or your Captain America. Yeah, who you have, have sort of one driving goal, I guess, always to do the right thing. And This clear. is why I like Batman, the new Batman series, because he's quite an anti-hero actually. He's, he's quite <laughs> disturbed.
1: I'm going to just mention my favourites again. The Incredible Hulk and the Raccoon. (laughs) Hmm, Yes, you could say they're (laughs) anti-heroes. And I mean, uh, there are also lots of characters that we've loved who are anti-heroes. Han
4: Solo uh, from
1: Star Wars definitely would be one.
4: Even um, deplorable characters like characters from TED. (laughs) Do they end up doing the right thing is ultimately the question. Mm
1: -hmm. There are a lot of other uh, hero movies coming up. One of the ones I'm really excited about stars Colin Firth. (gasps) Be Still, My Beating Heart. It's called Kingsman, The Secret Service.
4: Can't wait.
1: You have to watch this trailer.
0: Huge IQ, great performance in the Marines. But you gave up. Drugs, petty crime. Never had a job. Who are you? Your father saved my life. you is your fair guy, boys. I've had a rather emotional day, so whatever your beef with Eggsy is, and I'm sure it's well-founded, I'd appreciate it if you could just leave us in peace. You should get out of the way, You'll get hurt. Mm. <laughs> Manners maketh man. Do you know what that means? Then let me teach you a lesson. <laughs> Are we going to stand around here all day, or are we going to fight? Sorry about that. Needed to let off a little steam. What do you see? I see potential. Kingsman is an international intelligence agency operating at the highest level of discretion. If you're prepared to adapt, you can transform. Into a spy. Interested? Oh, yes. You are about to embark on the most dangerous job interview in the world. We're here to test you to the limit. To enhance your skills train for the evil out there
3: if you get blood on the carpet you have to take the carpet
4: Ah, Kingsman, uh, the secret I can tell, service I can tell already that it's not going to disappoint It's not going to disappoint <laughs> Colin Firth is just this
1: Simon Templar, James Bond sort of character With a lot of skill yes. And mighty cool Contemporary gadgets um, and It also stars Samuel L. Jackson It also stars Michael Caine I think you'll see a brief Michael cameo Kane. Oh, Michael Caine And uh, what uh, the the main premise Is that He is to recruit a newbie into this world of the Secret Service. So, yeah, it's uh, due to come out next year in February. It's not
4: long, not long to wait.
1: Okay, (laughs) be still my beating heart. The next one that I've got is a hero of a different kind. Mm -hmm. It's called The Theory of Everything, starring Eddie Redmayne, whom we all know and love from uh, Les Mis and a number of other films and, and TV. Wasn't he in
4: the Monroe film?
1: Yes, he was. Yes, he was really sweet in that one. Mm-hmm. Good performances by both, I would say. Michelle Williams and him, yes. So the theory of everything is based on Stephen Hawking's life, the well-known physicist. Yes. He was supposed to have only two years to live after being diagnosed with a disorder. But of course, he's still alive today. Mm-hmm. He's about 73 years old, I would imagine.
0: Truly um, amazing. Come on, get up. Good morning, run. Stephen, are you aware that you have voluntarily embarked upon a PhD in physics? Hello. Hello. Science. Arts. I'm a cosmologist. What's that? I study the marriage of space and time.
4: The perfect couple.
0: One never knows from where the next great leap forward is going to come, or from home. What if I reverse time to see what happened at the beginning of time itself? Wind back the clock. Wind back the clock. Keep going. I don't know how. Yet. Keep winding! Where's him? It's called motor neuron disease. Life expectancy is two years.
1: I want us to be together for as long as we've got. It'll
0: affect everything. I don't realize what lies ahead. This is going to be a very heavy defeat.
2: But I love him, and he loves me. We're going
1: to fight this illness together.
0: Good luck. Why? i okay. So, this black hole at the beginning of time. Brilliant. Brilliant, Steve.: Well done, Doctor. He has pneumonia. The only way he will survive would be to give him a tracheotomy. He will never speak again.
2: Yes, he will.
0: My name is Stephen Hawking.
2: It's American.
0: Is that a problem? It has been a great joy to watch this man defy every expectation, both scientific and personal. There should be no boundary to human endeavor. However bad life may seem, while there is life, there is hope. Thank you.
3: Sorry, did you say something? I said, thank you. (laughs)
4: Cry <laughs> Yeah. What a hero! Truly a hero. And as he said, there should be no boundaries to the human endeavor, mm-hmm. and that he overcame his own physical limitations. And, All the odds. And on top of that, you know, he would have had to have dealt with it emotionally, and and the the, the burden. On it would have broken his, any other man down. Yeah. It would have broken me down. Yeah, it's very, very, very brave and it took enduring. a lot of strength.
1: And, um, of course, the love of a good woman helped. (laughs) So this movie was released in the US November 7th. So no doubt it will come here. It's not one of those controversial films Mm -hmm. where people touch dogs and they get banned. The Theory of Everything, something to look forward to. Yes, I think this is something that will expand minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really recommend that everyone watches it. Um, Next up, we've got something called Fury, you know. Not furry? (laughs) Well, Fury stars Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. It was released recently in the States. Rotten Tomatoes rated it at 78%. That's four stars. But Metacritic gave it only three stars. So Fury is a fictional account of an American tank crew fighting in Germany in April of 45. That's World War II. According to The New Yorker, it's one of the great war movies right near the top within range of Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan, which came out in 1998. So that's, I think, a pretty good review, wouldn't you say?
4: Yes. It's the story of Five Guys in a Tank, led by Sergeant Don Collier. That's Brad Pitt's character, who fight desperate battles against the Germans.
0: If you think it can't get worse, it can, and it will. The dying's not done, the killing's not done. I promised my crew a long time ago I'd keep them alive. I was afraid you were dead. Where's the rest of 3rd Lieutenant? We're it. Sergeant Collier, I'm your new assistant driver. I've never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. I started this war killing Germans in Africa. Now I'm killing Germans in Germany. Been with these fine gentlemen for years. These troops get by you, we're all dead in the water. All we got is you. I won't ask you to do anything I haven't done myself. Get out! Do your job! Do what you're here for! The deals are peaceful. History is violent.
4: Ooh. Not a typical hero film in the sense that it's not your swashbuckling, posturing hero, but that dreadfulness of war is, it looks like it really does explore it and the futility of it. And these these poor guys look like they've just they're walking corpses. They're just coping with it day by day. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that we're watching this now, when coming up is uh, National Remembrance Day. Uh, Remembrance Day for the whole world, actually, of the war, the Second World War. Yeah. The
1: film also stars um, Logan Lerman. Written and directed by David Ayer. Brad Pitt plays this quite a charismatic leader mm. in this one. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what sort of leadership style he had. Mm-hmm. It was very real. Tough love, but he wasn't
4: a bully. Yes, and it doesn't look like he was um, ever flippant about what he was really doing.
1: Yes, so if you'd like to watch a movie about the dire, gritty reality of war...
4: Do you think people still want to see those kinds of movies?
1: There are tons of people who are war movie buffs and war history buffs.
4: Yeah, and I think the main thing is to remember why and
1: to never ever want it and hopefully adopt behaviours and attitudes that do not promote war
4: well you know I've heard a lot of anti-anti-war talk meaning sometimes we just have to bite the bullet and things have to be done and there has to be collateral damage and all of that and sometimes I wonder whether people like the Gene Roddenberrys of television, who created Star Trek, were they really being facile, thinking that, oh, there might be a future where we don't need money, where everybody just does something because they're good at it, because they expect to contribute to society, because we've reached the end game on Earth, meaning that we've been able to move beyond Earth and see ourselves as um, custodians of everything that's good in the world. Would we ever reach that point, do you think? Or is it just uh, fantasy as Star Trek would be?
1: I wouldn't discard any possibility of that happening. In fact, it's my inner hope. Yes. But I feel it is a long time coming. Yes. There's so much to get through. And there are different pockets of society that regress instead of progress. Hmm. And, and therefore perhaps it's
4: from fear or...
1: From fear or ignorance.
4: Or lack of power.
1: Intolerance. Yeah. And I feel that it's going to be tough. It's it's tough to rally everyone around the world in a, a peace treaty. Yeah. I mean, they can't even sort out the trade treaties. <laughs> so...
4: Well, we, can, we keep getting bogged down in the realities of life. Because um, that's, I think, what's really important about remembrance, but also remembering our heroes as well as remembering our villains because we need to know what good there is and what has come before that and what <laughs> has been achieved and what we could be and what we have been. And self-awareness individually and as a whole, I think, is very important.
1: Yes, because light would not be what it is Without darkness.
4: Hmm. An interesting segue into villains. Yes. <laughs> Let's go back to your AFI list of the top ten villains. Yes. Tell us about our top ten <laughs> villains. Number ten. Take her far into the forest. Find some
0: secluded lane where she can pick wildflowers. Yes, Your Majesty. And there, my faithful huntsman,
4: you will kill her. The Queen, voiced by Lucille Laverne in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, my goodness. Number nine, it's Regan McNeil, voiced by Mercedes McCambridge in The Exorcist, played by Linda Blair. What an
0: excellent day for an exorcism. How long are you planning to stay in her? Until she rots and lies stinking in the earth.
4: (sighs) Number eight, Phyllis Dietrichsen by Barbara Stanwyck in Double Indemnity.
0: You got me to take care of your husband for you. And then you get Ciccetti to take care of Alola. Maybe take care of me, too. Then somebody else would have come along to take care of Zaketti for you. That's the way you operate, isn't it, baby?
2: Suppose it is. Is what you've got cooked up for tonight any better?
4: Ooh, that was a bad one. Uh, number seven, Alex Forrest, played by Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Oh, yes. What are you doing? Please don't. Please don't go. I didn't mean it. Please, I'm sorry. I'll tell your wife. You tell my wife.
1: I'll kill you. It takes a phone
4: call! Scary Mary, number five, Nurse Ratched, played by Louise (laughs) Fletcher. One flew over the cuckoo's nest.
1: She's a very good actress, (laughs) Louise Fletcher. So is Glenn Close. Glenn Close is an amazing villain. Um, Apart from Fatal Attraction, I think um, when she played Madame de Mertoy in Dangerous Liaisons, that was quite powerful yeah that didn't make this list but um,
4: well you know this list um,
1: contained a hundred villains I'm sure she's back there somewhere
4: (laughs) oh I'm sorry I missed out number six which is Mr. Potter played by Lionel Barrymore in It's a Wonderful Life Drew
1: Barrymore's grandfather Mm.
4: (laughs) Uh, and then is number five Nurse Ratched number four The Wicked Witch of the West by Margaret Hamilton in The Wizard of Oz the original
1: Mm -hmm.
4: number three
3: there is no escape Don't make me destroy you. Luke, join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring
0: order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him.
3: No, I am your father.
4: That's not true. Darth Vader, played by David Prowse and voiced by James Earl Jones in The Empire Strikes Back. That's a big one and such a part of our...
1: Such a part of our lives, our growing up. Every child knows who Darth Vader is, even today.
4: And that dark, sort of mysterious, unknown, evil force.
1: Yeah, you you know, sometimes you hear kids playing and they're like four or five-year-olds and they're going, Look, I am your father.
4: Oh, alright. <laughs> Number two, Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Oh, yes.
0: It's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son. But I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have, years ago. He was always bad, and in the end, he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man as if I could do anything except just sit and stare like one of his stuffed birds. Well, they know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person i am i'm not even going to swat that fly i hope they are watching they'll see they'll see and they'll know and they'll say why she wouldn't even harm a fly that's an
4: interesting one because that's about psychology as well it's not just a, a you know, an outright evil person. And And I
1: also saw Hitchcock where he was filming this movie, Psycho, and everything that went into it. That would be
4: interesting to discuss one day.
1: That is an extremely good film. If you can catch it, it stars Helen Mirren as his wife and Anthony Hopkins as Alfred Hitchcock. (gasps) Speaking
4: mm. of Anthony Hopkins, number one.
0: A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti.
4: Dr. Hannibal Lecter Anthony Hopkins nice. in The Silence of the Lambs Yeah, they've tried to recreate Bates
1: Motel The story of Norman Bates yeah. In Psycho And they've tried to recreate Hannibal <laughs> <laughs> In this TV series They're doing wonderfully different things mm. there mm. Very graphic, very uh, scary I notice Mary. how this
4: list has a lot more females And also a lot more psychology behind the character Whereas in the list of heroes It's just bravery Intelligence, interesting. Very
1: interesting. When A Sunday Kind of Love returns, we're going to be retelling the age-old tale of Dewa Muda and the Seven-Petaled Blossom, which has been told generation upon generation through Mark Young performances. We'll be right back with more Sunday Kind of Love right after this on BFM 89.9. Nine. Listening to a Sunday kind of love, and we're back with the Heroes episode. I'm Maya Tan, and now here's what you've been waiting for: the story of Dewa Muda and the seven petaled blossom, told for generations through Ma'yung performances and now given our own contemporary twist with the help of Samzuria Zahari. In his dreams, late one night, in the hour where the moon shone brightest, Dewamuda was approached by an old man. In his dreams, the old man had three humps on his back. He put his lips close to the Dewamuda's ear and whispered, You, you must go on a hunt. When he awoke, Dewamuda gathered his two aides, his mother and Watnujum, the giver of meaning to dreams, to ask about his dream. Watnujum summoned his visions based on a magic that only he understood and said, you must venture into the forest and hunt for deer. If you do not do this, the country will be beset with disaster. 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 Disaster.
2: Disaster. 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 Silala la mubsiak kita nak agak tiba menuju ke sunyi belukaya muda bleb bleb lega
1: the journey into the forest was exceptionally difficult and strange far from the usual at some point, a storm of sorts blew into the forest, and the Dewamuda and his men were spun about, unable to see the way ahead. They disappeared, and when they came to, they were all isolated and alone in different parts of the forest. Eventually, they chanced upon each other and were reunited, but the incident had made His Majesty, Dewamuda, exceptionally thirsty. He asked for water and his aides immediately went to fetch it. Dewamuda took a sip but spat it out immediately. It was foul to the taste. Where did you get this water? he asked his aides. They guided him to the stream of water. He followed the stream, a foreboding feeling rising in his heart. The stream led to a lake and just as the tributary opened onto the lake he spotted a large flower floating against the flow of the stream. Dewamuda couldn't believe his eyes. Instead of following the stream into the lake, the flower floated upstream. He asked his men to retrieve the blossom, but try as they might, they couldn't. Every time a man got close to the flower, it would float just slightly beyond his reach. Impatient, the Dewamuda got off his horse and plunged into the water. Unlike his men, the flower came easily to Dewa Muda's fingers and before long, he held it in his
2: hands. Oh, the, the flower
1: was unlike anything he had ever seen. It was iridescent and seemed to glow in different colours whenever he turned it this way and that in the light. He saw that the flower had seven petals and as he examined each petal, the flower delivered its secrets. The flower had been sent there by the princess of the heavens, the princess of Kayangan. She said,
3: Come save Thank me. Rescue save, save me. I need to see you. Speak, to, speak, to, speak me. to you. Save me.
1: Save me. Save, save and there was more. To get to the heavens, the Dewamuda had to find a golden wow as wide as seven leddicks and as tall as seven gahs. And the final discovery this mysterious golden wow was to be found in his very own home, the custodian of which was none other than his own mother.
2: The Dewamuda rushed
1: home and asked his mother for the golden wow. His Bonda's reply
2: what wow you see the
1: truth was the wow had been a national treasure owned by the dewa muda's father now long gone from the earth in her grief the wow was but the one thing the dewa muda's mother had to remind her of her dead husband and she was reluctant to give it up the dewa muda was unconvinced and kept on pressing <laughs> They argued and argued, and after a time, his bonda revealed that it had been hidden away in another state. She relented and sent for the wow, which needed repairs because it was so old, it could not be flown. After it had been repaired, it was presented to the Dewa Muda, but there was
2: a caveat.
1: For the golden wow was no ordinary kite. The Dewa muda would not be able to fly the kite on his own, Bunda said. Now it would do as well to realize at this point that the Dewa muda is no mere mortal either. To fly the golden kite, the Dewa muda had to summon his spirit doppelganger self, a spiritual manifestation of himself a braver, big brother version of himself. And that is what he did.
2: In
1: a few moments,
2: his doppelganger who went by the
1: name Abel which kind of translates to brother with the big fro, appeared with a mighty poof. Poof as in the sound effect, not the hair. Dewamuda told him what he needed, and to raise the kite, Abiz Jambulabat called to the power of the winds and the forces of the elements of nature, and lo and behold, the golden kite began to magically float into the air. It rose and rose high up into the sky. It shot so high up that suddenly, with a glint and a glimmer, it disappeared from view. Down on Earth, they pulled at the kite string to bring it back down, but it was stuck. Dewamuda was livid. Bring it back, he yelled. Bring it back, he besieged his brother. But his brother said, No, it is stuck. No longer of the earthly realm, but in the realm of the jinns and satans, the realm of evil. There is one way to bring it back, Abis Jambulabad says. I will give you the power to climb up the string, but you will be tested. The jinns and setans and evil beings will try to stop you and topple you. But if you promise not to back down, not to abandon your journey till you reach the kite, you will be granted the power to climb up the string." The Dewa Muda agreed and
3: began his climb. Halfway through, he heard a most horrible sound. (laughs) The sound of a jinn's booming laughter. The Dewamuda closed his eyes and began to imagine what the jinn looked like. Big and dark with luminous green eyes, fangs and a blood-red tongue, which he wagged close to the Dewamuda's face. He screamed like a girl and scrambled down the kite string. As soon as his foot touched the earth, Abe Sejambulabat hit him square in the face. A scuffle ensued. How could you abandon the code of mankind? You promised to do something, you must fulfill it. That is the mark of a man. What are you? What will you do now? You will forever be known as the king who backed down the kite string, chosen to receive this opportunity, yet too afraid to attain greatness. How can your subjects respect you then? A king who abandons his promise. A king with no principles. What would you rather be? A hero or a mouse? Dewamuda screamed for help and cried and yelled. He then quieted down and meditated on his problem. Finally, he shook his head and came to his senses. He dredged up every ounce of bravado in his blood, and told Abiyah that he would begin his ascent again. Abiyah was pleased with his decision and decided to go with him. And he said, brother, to ease our journey, we shall take the form of small animals. And poof! They turned into a couple of chipmunks, or hamsters, or mice, you choose. And then they set up the kite string again. Meanwhile, the kite had risen up into the realm of the heavens and had gotten lodged onto the roof of the princess's palace. Take it down gently and put it in a safe place, she ordered her minions. At that very moment, the two chipmunks, or hamsters, or since we're speaking Klantanese, perhaps they should be a pair of civet cats or musangs. Our two heroic musangs had arrived at the princess's garden at the foothills the base of the princess's palace. Being hungry rodents, they stripped the garden, tore up the flower bushes looking for the kite, and plundered the fruit trees, taking their fill of the heavenly garden. The princess, who inspected her prized flower bushes each day, walked into the garden and was faced with a nasty shock. What in heaven had done this to her garden? She summoned her magic, and in a flash of twinkling light, the two rodents were revealed. Who are you and why have you done this to my garden? She waved her hand again and they were revealed to be two beings from the human earth. The moment she set eyes on Dewa Muda, the princess exclaimed and a confession followed.
2: The princess confessed
3: that in her travels to the realm of the human earth, she had once set eyes on Dewa Muda and had fallen in love with him. She had then orchestrated the dream and the flower in order to bring him to her. And of course, I don't have to tell you, they fall in love and live happily ever after.
1: Now, according to Zamzuria, that is hardly the end of the story because, you know, matyon Yong performances actually go on for four to five days at a time. So, you can imagine that there are more adventures ahead. For example, the Dewamuda and the Princess of Kayangan find out that <gasps> they are brother and sister. Oh, yes, Ma Yong did it way before Star Wars. Hmm, maybe George Lucas based it on the Ma Young story, except the Princess's message was not in a seven petaled blossom, but in an R2 unit. In any case, if you'd like to see Zamzuria perform, do-go-catch Kaleidoscope, the drumming festival where Zamzuria and the gang Wak Lung will be performing 14th to the 16th of November at Pantas 1 KL Pack. And with that, we come to the end of another episode of A Sunday Kind of Love with me, Maya Tan, Tasha Fusil, our resident couch potato, Christina Oro, and my special guest, my hero, Zamzuriya Zahari. You've been listening to A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan, BFM 89.9.